Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Lexi and Jordan are here today. How are you, Jordan? Doing good. How are you? Good. We have a friend, kind of a new friend for both of us. I'm really excited about this one. Um, so if you guys don't like being nerdy about science in the kitchen, you might want to tune out now. Uh, is here today to talk to us about all sorts of things, um, food production, harvesting, fermentation wise. So Andrea, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Lexi and Jordan. I'm so stoked to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're on today. <laughs> me too. <laughs> So we're just a nice what y'all's uh your kids' favorite fermented foods are. So do you want to start, Andrea? Sure. Okay, sour cream. <laughs> oh <laughs> they <laughs> I'm not joking. Um they they'll eat it, they'll eat it with a spoon if I let them. Valor will too. He's all about the sour cream. Oh, it's just something magical about it. I don't know. I, it's so good. I, I think they think it's yogurt. They don't understand it's yeah. like a side. It's yeah. not. It's, it's better than yogurt. It's yeah. the top yeah, it part is. of yogurt that you like scrape off because it was so good. Do you make your own sour cream then? I have. I'm. I don't have enough cream to produce enough for our oh, family. Okay. But I have cultured our own before, and yeah. it's it's yummy either way. Yeah, we just tried the Nancy's for the very first time last night. And we ate outside on the deck. And by the time I came back in at the end of dinner, the entire container was gone. <laughs> okay. Literally Nancy's, we go through about a case a week. It's so good. I was shocked how good it was. It is. It is really good. It is. What did you eat it with last night, Lexi? Um, I made some ground beef and liver tacos. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So we just ate it on that basically did, did they notice the liver did anyone notice the liver no I okay. when I do a pound of ground beef I kind of always just put liver in there now and nobody ever I mean they know it's in there but nobody ever freaks out about how it, many so. ounces of liver did you do per pound of ground beef uh, it was probably two ounces I'd okay. say okay because I found out that if because I, I make a meatloaf with liver and if I do two pounds of ground beef then I do about five ounces of liver and oh, like the happy zone for me okay deliver in the meatloaf so that yeah, yeah. got close to the same i was thinking that that um mixing organ meats in with ground meat would be the perfect opportunity to do the reel with that sound where he's like nobody's gonna know they're gonna know <laughs> nobody's gonna know <laughs> that's funny yeah uh, yeah i i am uh, trying to add more liver well we get a quarter of a cow every year and it we get a lot of liver so I'm like trying to find more ways to use it up and for the fact that it's really good for us but um I think my kids favorite fermented thing is pickles um they will go through the pickles like crazy but two summers ago we had just a crazy abundance of cherry tomatoes so I didn't know what to do with them and ended up making salsa and fermenting it and we've liked that too it's like a oddly bubbly salsa that is pretty good effervescent yes <laughs> zingy mm -hmm. yeah well I just taught Ari to make actually because of Andrea's podcast I remembered the recipe that they loved the ginger carrots oh, so yeah. 
I taught my almost eight-year-old how to make those all on his own last night. So that has been one of their favorites over the years. And I have a, a lacto-fermented cinnamon apple one that they really like. Mm. What? Wait, I want to make that one. That yeah, I'll really have to send it to you guys. It's really good. It's really good. So, well, like you can tell, we're just going to nerd out over some food today. <laughs> um, so, but I want Andrea to kind of, I, you know, I have been trying to figure out how I found you, Andrea. And I have no idea, but I have followed you I told, at this point. <laughs> I told Allison about you last night and I, I went to tell her how we knew each other and I realized I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I mean, I have like messaged you here and there, maybe like once every three yeah. to six months for a few years, but it was only recently that I was like, I need to pick her brain a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, so, I anyway. was like, we just, I, I told her we've always kind of known of each other, it seems like, but suddenly we've just been talking more. I bet I found you through a hashtag. I bet that's what it was. You should get your Instagram handle so that people can follow you. Oh, my handle is farm and hearth. Okay. And and then the name of your podcast. Ancestral kitchen podcast, which is really fun. If you want to keep nerding out over this, (laughs) it's new. It's new. Not pros like you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so tell us a little bit about your, yourself and your family and your little farm that you guys are on. Okay, well, I'm Andrea. Hi. <laughs> I am the second oldest of eight kids, and my husband is the second of two. <laughs> so we have three kids. Um, we've been married ooh, maybe 11 years. I'm not sure. Can't do math. But <laughs> we've moved a lot. We moved 10 times in 10 years. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> Navy. So if you have questions about finding your food and finding it fast, <laughs> I feel like I'm a pro oh, now. <laughs> okay. But um, so I, I always tell people, you know, don't don't think that if you move all the time and you, you know, you're like, well, I can't have, you know, 12 freezers and um you know, I don't have farmers that I have long-time relationships with. Don't oh. be discouraged because you can still build that up, that those relationships and things. Yeah. But anyways, so um, we homeschooled. I was homeschooled and absolutely loved it and wanted to homeschool our kids. So that's what we do. And I'm a big fan of, you know, this <laughs> Lexi, Charlotte Mason and her education philosophy. So we follow that. Um, Did you guys grow up homeschooled that way? Yeah. Yep. Oh, my mom okay. had the the pinks, the old Charlotte Mason books that oh Karen my and Philip yeah. husband. Um, so I I can't even remember not knowing about Charlotte Mason. And as a kid, I never really knew if she was my mom's midwife. Or <laughs> like, <"Hey." laughs> I just was like, she's this lady we know. Somehow. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> so then I eventually got clear on that but (laughs) okay okay that's so funny you're making so much more sense to me now I didn't realize that that's awesome Mm. well I'm glad that I'm making sense to somebody (laughs) (laughs) uh anyways we moved out to the property we're on now which is an off-grid homestead it's 20 acres and it's completely surrounded by forest it's two miles driving through the forest to get here which is really just we love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bumpy potholes everywhere. And we've lived here for one year, actually just a couple days ago. 
and we've always been in, you know, cities and towns and military bases before. So this is really awesome. We both love it. Oh, did you say <laughs> Navy? Your husband is or was in the Navy? He was, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. That's cool. That yeah. makes sense. Then. Yeah. So that's All us. Right. <laughs> but he's he's out now, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. He's out. Is that why you guys were kind of able to settle down finally? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Um, we, cause yeah, cause we moved back to our point of origin, which okay. is Washington. And I have to say, shout out to the military. When everybody says, what are the benefits of being in the military? I always say, if there is one thing you get out of, you know, whatever time you do four, six, whatever years, it's the VA loan. Oh yeah. <laughs> cause yeah. we bought our first house down and then, um, looked good to the bank you know so yeah. we actually were able to buy this house before we even sold the other house and used a va loan again awesome and then sold the other house and made a profit on it so oh, that's shout, cool. out. Mm -hmm. shout out to uncle sam <laughs> cool. mm -hmm. um i have to tell you too my parents are on the road right now to pick up some heritage turkeys so i know you farm turkeys <laughs> Yeah, we love turkeys. I don't know why I love, I actually don't know why I love turkeys so much. <laughs> I just do. <laughs> They're pretty cool. They are. They're beautiful. And my husband shot his first turkey this year, so I'm really excited about cooking wild turkey for the first time at Thanksgiving. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't I know, know if I ever had wild turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Jared just got one. Um, it was like two weeks ago for the first time. He went turkey hunting last year, but um, didn't get one. And this time he did. He had to like chase it down, but he got it. <laughs> Wow. how big was it it's pretty giant um did you weigh it no I didn't weigh it he probably okay. did but I don't know I'm not sure That's but cool. it looked, it's bigger than any that I've cooked before like that I bought from the store so it's giant oh, wow. in my deep freeze right now <laughs> oh I bet that's cool okay so what I kind of wanted to pick your brain about today was just for me as a mom maybe you guys haven't experienced this problem but We've talked a little bit before about um, productive property in the home as pastors' families. Jordan and I have talked about this. Um, and just for me personally, that has kind of looked like shifting a lot of our food production back to the home, into our own kitchen. But doing that, in addition to having lots of children to feed and homeschooling, means some days while I'm canning green beans, I also want to run up the street to McDonald's. <laughs> So, um, so I just kind of wanted to like open a discussion for how I think you do a really good job of like big batch cooking for all in a type of manner. Um, but also I know you guys are off grid now and I know you said that it can even be hard to get to town anymore in regards to easy fast food. So you guys have kind of left that completely behind, right? Like even grocery stores, right? Yep. <laughs> so how, I guess we'll just start here. When you have been harvesting a pig, I know you guys did that recently, all day long, how do you still have energy? Like what things do you put in place to have energy to make food, to produce the food, and then to clean up, like to actually clean, keep your house organized and to not just like let it all go to hell in a handbasket while you're trying to produce food out of your own kitchen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I might as well end the podcast now because my house gets very messy. <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. I know what you're saying though. There's um, critical elements that have to stay in line. Well, for the pig specifically, 
this doesn't apply to all things, but we've only done pigs twice, but both times just cut off a large piece that we liked the look of and cooked that for dinner while we were working on the pig. So, you know, throw it in the oven or on the grill or whatever. But um, I, I do tend to do large batch cooking. I think part of that's because I grew up cooking for 10 most oh, of my okay. life. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's almost impossible for me not to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember several times when I first got married, calling my mom and being like, do you want me to bring some food over? Cause I made a lot. <laughs> 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 so it is definitely a habitual for me. Okay. I think the, but the first, the first big step, and this was for me too, is, is mental. So why? I always ask, why, why am I doing this? And then if I'm going down the street, what are the ramifications of that? Yeah. What's behind that? What's the, what's my philosophy on that? What's their philosophy? How am I destroying or producing? Is this productive or unproductive? So understanding your why for what you're doing to the point where it's physically painful to go against your why that's helpful yeah (laughs) you just let yourself be eaten by guilt (laughs) um sometimes your your why is health allison and i actually talked about this last night because i told her that we're going to be discussing this and for anybody who's listening she is my co-host on the ancestral kitchen podcast and she said, you know, her why is their health due to specific health reasons, much as they may like to, they can't even go eat in town almost, almost ever. And we have some similar situations here. There's very few places that we can go eat that we're not going to go get a bellyache. Have you guys noticed how bad hospitality is after COVID happened too at restaurants? (laughs) Yes. Like, I I don't even want to comment on that, but yeah. (laughs) I don't know if this is happening where you live, but I literally was handed back my debit card in a plastic bucket the other day. I was like, what? Like, I don't understand how this is different, but okay, I'll take the plastic bucket. (laughs) Well, it's no, yeah, it's just not, it's not hospitable. It's not convenient really anymore. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. (laughs) Go ahead. No, you're totally fine. But you're right. The hospitality is waning. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah, I guess that would be the first big thing is understanding why you're doing it. And and every time you do something, ask yourself why. So if you say, well, I want to eat this way because it's sustainable. It's not really your why. Sustainable eating really. Um, if you say you want to eat, your why is to eat sustainable, mm-hmm. um, which I, I think for all three of us, we've all expressed things along those lines then why do you want to eat sustainable yeah and keep and keep following that train of yeah. thought mm-hmm. it's like why do you want to homeschool your kids because mm-hmm. you want them to be smart mm-hmm. no that's not really why right yeah. Yeah. you can always go deeper you can always go one step deeper <laughs> yeah so lexi when you are canning green beans um why do you want why, why do you want to eat at home <laughs> Yeah, I think 
I think for us, like we just want food to be a big center of culture in our family as because we do, we do want to as Christians, we do want to practice hospitality and we want it to be creative hospitality that is meaningful. Um, and if that's, I think for me too, just because I have to feed people three times a day, I like to keep it as interesting as possible. And so bringing science and ancestral food and fermentation into the kitchen, it's, it's just a huge, almost hobby of mine, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I genuinely love it. So yeah. So that makes sense though. Cause then on the days it is harder when I don't feel like I'm loving it as much. I'm like, man, I just want something easy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that makes well, sense. And there, and, I mean, there's times you want something easy. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody, I mean, somebody out there will judge you for it, <laughs> but <laughs> so somebody will judge you for it, but it doesn't really matter what people <laughs> judge mm -hmm. you for. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So do you, when, when you guys are, um, if you're like taking a day, cause I know you'll cook with friends too, right? When you're doing big batches of things. Yeah, I often do. I, often do. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So do you just like yeah. kind of halt homeschool stuff and you're just focusing on this food project today, sort mm -hmm. of a thing with your friends? Um, if we're doing like a major canning project, yes. Although I wouldn't say a halt homeschool, we might halt mathematics, but okay. The kids are working yeah, they're <laughs> and they're learning and I have adults come to me and pay me money to teach them how to can because yeah. their mom said, get out of the kitchen. <laughs> no. So, so the education is happening. It's not, you know, maybe. So you're now. seeing that you want to actually give that to your kids so that they're not going and paying yeah. someone in the future. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. really a huge, uh, I would say the vast majority of people who have come to my classes are people in their fifties and sixties who said, my mom and my grandma were always canning. They did everything at home and they always pushed me out of the kitchen and not that they, they weren't saying it resentfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just saying I was not a part mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is very painful to, to train tiny employees, <laughs> but once they're trained, <laughs> mm -hmm. once yeah. they're trained, you just, you can't go back. You can't mm -hmm. go back yeah. away. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting you say that because my mother-in-law's friend just retired a couple months ago from her second job. And she asked me to teach her how to make sourdough because she finally has time in her life to learn how to make bread. And it was, it was just kind of eye-opening to think about like, wow, you have waited this long to like learn something that you want to learn. So she knows uh, how to make sense. Where's, where's my industrialized food supply soapbox yeah. so that I can climb on top and start talking <laughs> about this? Uh, all right. Well, that makes all that makes sense to me then. Um, so yeah. you mentioned that you guys have moved around a lot. And I know you've said in other places, like you guys have had small kitchens. It's not exactly like you've always had access to land. So right. if, if you were to encourage, what would you say to the woman who really wants to learn how to grow in her productivity in her kitchen, but she just feels boxed in, I guess, what are some easy ways you've been able to pursue that? Desperation. <laughs> <laughs> Desperation will get you almost anywhere. <laughs> um, desperately wanting to feed our family the way that I was so convicted to eat but having a budget, a limited budget, mm -hmm. you will get creative. <laughs> yeah. If you're that determined, you will get creative. I would say, um, 
fewer, uh, I'll, I'll paraphrase a quote from Gary Young. He said, you know, he's talking about supplements. He said, it's not about how many supplements you take every day. It's about how many days you take the supplements. So I'll say, um, it's not about how many books you have. It's about how many you actually read uh-huh. <laughs> what you yeah. do with them. So maybe find like your two, your three top core books. And just, I mean, I lived out of nourishing traditions. I, it was like paramount with my Bible in terms of food, you know, and there's 12 university educations in that book. If somebody's yeah. willing to study it and I think it's, um, it's overwhelming and stressful how many bajillions of options there are for especially a woman who is looking on Instagram and Pinterest and like you said, following hashtags and very quickly you realize there's a lot of people doing it a lot better than you and they look really <laughs> cute doing it and their kitchen is like always clean. <laughs> that I think can impart some stress. So yeah, <clears throat> maybe sometimes shutting out. And I, I say this too. I, I think I said this on the last episode, Allison and I recorded, which is probably great for um, PR. But I said, if I'm stressing you out, unfollow me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, don't don't follow my account if you go on there and just feel small or n- not enough or, you know, something, because what you don't see is that I ate out all the time, didn't even know what organic meant, and then had to start like a 12 year process of chipping away at this education. Yeah. You see, I mean, I like Allison and I'm like, ah, oh, just let me see that one day. <laughs> but, um, is somebody who is where I was 12 years ago, will see where I am right now and feel intimidated, which is, crazy because we all had to start yeah you know wherever and when you talked about your friend with this go ahead (laughs) I was just gonna say when you talked about your friend with the sourdough it's a huge a huge part of my passion is helping people to reclaim what I believe is in a way our birthright these skills and Mm -hmm. these knowledge areas that used to be passed on almost inherited yeah um which have been removed from us by an industrialized food society which has its pros and cons i mean starving today but not in the kind of percentages that they used to so i'm not going to say industrialized food is 100 evil however <laughs> there's a lot of negative that came with that, which is Mm -hmm. everything you used to do to add value to your home has been removed from you and replaced by a team of suits somewhere making decisions. And since you no longer have those skills, you need to start creating an income to go pay for those value added products Mm -hmm. from those suits. And then that leaves you with either nothing to do at home or scrambling to make enough money to buy these things. And then just a lot of cultural value and heritage gets lost in that process, mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of where we saw feminism come in and take root in the home is because women were completely bored and they no longer saw value in the home because like you said, they're paying people instead of, I mean, there is something to be said about having skills and having like your human dignity reclaimed because you have these skills 
So when when women handed that over, they didn't really have their, in a way they're, they were, they were like handing their value over as women in a way because they had nothing to do in the home anymore. So well, of course, I, I, I don't know if I'd say they handed it over or if it was taken away. If yeah. you've ever read the Dorothy Sayers essay, Are Women Human? It's fantastic and will blow your mind. You can find it for free online and there's like an audio of somebody reading out loud on YouTube. Didn't they? Cindy Rollins did a thing on her podcast with that too, right? She did. I, I think she and Angelina Stanford did talked about it on the Literary Life podcast. The Literary Life. There you go. Yeah. And in there, she said that a man asked her, well, how come women want to come into the factories and take all of men's jobs? How come you women now want, you know, never before have you tried to take over our jobs? And she said, no. You took our job first. Now you make the jelly. Now you make the bread. Now you make the pickles. Hmm. You've left. She said, you have left us with nothing to do. And we need to go find occupation because we also, as a human, derive satisfaction from being occupied, which is so true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's a very, very good point. (laughs) Yeah, she's she's kind of savage. I followed well, along with the the book they recommended. Now oh, I can't remember what it is. Um, the Dorothy Sayers one. Yeah, because she wrote. Night. Yes, yes, yes. I read that one. That one was also really interesting. That was really good. <sighs> I I wouldn't. I missed everything that happened in the book until they pulled it apart on the podcast, and I thought, wow, I read <laughs> the same thing as you did. I do not remember that. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so, so just, go ahead. Do you have more thoughts? No, I'm going to say you alluded to interesting food and I was just going to quickly disabuse anyone of the belief that everything I make is interesting because it's not, <laughs> it's simple, <laughs> but I have found that simple, simple food that is really, really high quality will blow complex food out of the water every single time, mm-hmm. every single well, time. I think that's what <laughs> about following you is you figured out a way to do this that's maintainable but affordable for families and also right. just tasty <laughs> yeah well I I'm, the worst meal you have on the farm is better than the best meal you have out of the grocery store mm-hmm. and that is just a truth mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of these really complicated recipes I see online are just trying to mask the blandness mm, of the food. I mean, we made when we made the sausage the other day, we made our first batch with only salt. It is literally the best sausage you've ever had in your life. <laughs> There's no magical ratio of herbs that can fix junk pork. There just <laughs> isn't. <laughs> yeah. But if you just have enough salt to accentuate that fat and just the pure goodness of pork that lived a premium life. I mean, (laughs) you can just have like a piece of that and one of those eggs out of the backyard and like a cup of tea. You're good to go. Good, (laughs) Jordan, you've talked about that a little bit when it came to you learning about soaking beans. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, I just going along with what you're saying, I was just thinking like, you know, once, once you taste some of this food that, um, you know, that you know where the cow 
lived and you know how it was taken care of and you taste that meat and you're like, oh my gosh, this, it ruins you for life. <laughs> and it really does. And the same with, I've talked, I've said this before on the podcast, but like my kids like eat normal, ate a piece of normal bread from the store. And they're like, no, no, please. Can you go make sourdough again? And, and the thing is <laughs> it, it, it ruins you, but I think that's a good thing. Like God intended our food to be good, to be a blessing to us. So, um, I think our taste buds are a part of that. Like God is showing us like this food is better. Totally. Your kids eat the bread and they say, what is this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We do want to clarify. We're we're not talking about this because we think you're getting to heaven because you ate grass. No, no, no. no, But food is not salvatory. Can we just make that up? Yeah. Just eat McDonald's every day and go to heaven. (laughs) I I do. Because God is good, he put goodness in the world and we should be interested in his world. We talk about this all the time. And that's why we're talking about this today is because there are good ways to go about doing things and preserving the land that God has given us. So if, by the way, if anyone wants to know about this topic more, go read A Different Shade of Green by Gordon Wilson. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Um, so I want to know what, like, what are your top three favorite foods that you make regularly in big batches to keep your family mm-hmm. welcome? Okay. So this is actually a really good question, Lexi, because I, I didn't, I never thought I was a food prepper header until Allison and I were talking about making dinner and I realized I had a food prepper to head. <laughs> a header. <laughs> and so I am pretty pathetic at meal planning and saying, we'll have beans on this day and whatever. I'm very bad at that because the moment I do that, I think, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I will not be bossed by a list. Also, <laughs> don't fence me in. And then all of a sudden 12 people show up and you can't eat, you know, the three pork chops that you were going to make for dinner. So loaves and fishes, everybody. (laughs) So I realized what I do is I prep a lot of components. So like you just talked about beans. Well, if you're eating beans in a traditional sense, you soak them and ferment them. You rinse them, you boil them, you rinse them, and then you cook them. That takes like days. <laughs> so what I do is, and this is just habitual, I make a ginormous amount. I mean, doesn't everybody cook a gallon of dried beans at one time? I don't know why you wouldn't. <laughs> and then it goes into, I, I mean, I literally don't know why you wouldn't do that. It takes so much time but most of that time is hands off. And if Mm -hmm. you just blow up your recipe size, which Mm -hmm. I mean, beans plus water plus whey, so it's not really a recipe, but blow up your recipe size, then you've done the work of weeks in no time at all. So then I just dump it into mason jars and freeze it. Mm -hmm. I've canned it before, I've Mm -hmm. canned beans. Um, But a lot of things are like that. So I'll make, a ton of batches of sourdough bread, but right before you would set it to rise, I drop it in a bag and freeze it. So then oh. you'll have like a pizza crust or a sourdough what? bread that you can take out, let okay. it thaw and rise and then bake it. 
What? Oh. It's called okay. being really lazy. What? I didn't know you could do that. I'm going to try it now. Yeah. People think it's productivity, but it's not. It's just <laughs> avoiding more work. <laughs> I will sometimes get the base of some sort of recipe soaking that I know can be used multiple ways, even when I don't know what to do with it, just exactly. to force myself to keep cooking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or I totally. will brown a ton of meat and use some of it yep. tonight, some of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just get it all cooked. Yeah. yeah you have the pan out. Mm-hmm. Your stove is getting splattered. Yeah. Your spatula is dirty. Mm-hmm. You're standing there. Mm-hmm. So, but in a couple more pounds, yeah. I do, I do the exact same thing, Jordan. And I have never looked in my fridge and said, all oh, this cooked ground beef. I don't know what to do with it. Like, <laughs> I always look and say, oh, thank you past me. What mm-hmm. a gift for future me. I really mm-hmm. appreciate this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you, do you guys have, I, somewhere recently you referenced the fact that you have mostly been cooking for large groups of people since you moved to your farm. So I'm assuming you guys have people over quite often then. Is that correct? Yeah. I was wishing that I had kept track our first year because I was like, I'll bet our footfall was like a thousand. Wow. <laughs> we just had so many people coming and going and it was friends coming out to help on projects or, okay. you know, it was the year of everything being cray cray. So they would bring their kids out and just have a place where they could go. Cause I couldn't even go to parks, Oh, you know? Okay. So yeah. it just became kind of that. And it wasn't that, um, not everybody's necessarily asking me to feed them, but when somebody yeah. comes with their kids at noon and you're all there and you're like, what am I just going to feed my kids? Weirdly? <laughs> so, um, we would just, you know, sometimes people just bring random ingredients and be like, let's see what we have. By the way, that's a really fun way to cook. If you're going over to my mom and I do that, we're like, let's have dinner. And then we just throw things like she'll just show up with what she has. Like I had this random jar and we're like, okay, what can we make out of this? It's actually really fun. <laughs> so did she teach you how to cook growing up? Oh, totally. My, okay. my, some of my earliest, my very earliest memory is my sister being born, <laughs> then learning how to read. And then I remember her teaching me how to make cornbread when mm-hmm. I was so, I must've been pretty little because I was short enough that I couldn't see to the top of the counter. But I remember oh, wow. doing that. I still have that same cookbook <laughs> that That's she gave awesome. me then. Yeah. Oh. Oh, sweet. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fun though. I, Jordan, do you have any other questions? <laughs> I mean, I could keep talking, but <laughs> I mean, I could think of a lot of questions. What are what are like your biggest tips as far as um, getting things from? like ingredients to a practical meal for your family you said like you make beans in big batches yeah. any, do you have any yeah. others um well simple <laughs> mm-hmm. may, may i stress that again <laughs> um simple wins simple good high quality so beans with some of your own butchered sausage and like some flatbread or tortillas or something mm. So good. And everybody will think you're such like a wizard for making it. You're like, I was actually (laughs) because I'm not a wizard. (laughs) I noticed that you use a lot of your, um, like your side dishes in your main meals are often canned foods. Yeah, almost. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a, that's a great, that's a great observation, Lexi. Um, so like when we made 
the when we did that pork the other day as a for instance then my husband cut off some steaks that looked nice and then when we kind of reached a point you know <laughs> the breaking point where mm-hmm. we all needed to eat then he's like okay I'm gonna go put the steaks on the grill so that was nice because usually he that's usually when we do big projects for whatever reason he's at work and um, it's just so much easier when there is another adult, I will say. But oh. um, he put them on the grill. And then I went in and I made those non-ancestral but very fast cream biscuits, Ooh. which were delicious. See, that? that's where we can say, like, that's my McDonald's compromise right there. Yeah. Because it's, I didn't soak it ahead. I didn't mm-hmm. think ahead. I didn't plan ahead. I was just like, oh, oh, <laughs> we need to eat again. I feel like we just did this yesterday, but okay. So mm-hmm. I made those biscuits. And then, yeah, you're right. Everything else came out of the fridge. Jar of sauerkraut, jar of fermented mustard, jar of jelly, um, jar of peaches, jar of applesauce. Yeah, everything else came out of the um, the fridge or the pantry. So, yeah, it's so we really only made two things. Think through what I want to can better this year. Mm-hmm. Like having yeah. seen you do that, making me think, okay, don't just make pie fillings because you can't just eat pie filling every single night. Mm-hmm. How can you turn this into a Wait, side dip? You so, what? You can't eat pie filling every night? <laughs> I don't understand the question. I mean, <laughs> some could. <laughs> no, but you're right. Yeah, I do always think like, what um, what can I just get out and put on the table? Like we can a lot of salsa, um, which then makes it's not fermented, but you can ferment it first. Mm, it's not as good, but at least you have salsa. <laughs> yeah. Um, the anything baked, I tend to do in large batches. So bread, cookies, muffins. Don't worry, guys, it doesn't have sugar in it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tend to make bigger batches of those and whisk them into the freezer. Not with any specific plan, like, oh, yeah. on Monday, you know, just knowing that a day will arise that I am going to wish I had something I could just grab in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what? I just thought of a good example of this. I had a friend's offer yesterday because I'm like 40 weeks pregnant. <laughs> they offered to come Yay. help me put in, put in the garden yesterday. And nice. I realized super last minute that I had no like lunch prepared for the kids, but I had made like a huge batch of the traditional cooking school soaked oatmeal cookies, oatmeal breakfast cookies a couple months back. Yeah. So I easily, I was like, okay, this is totally filling. There's tons Mm -hmm. of protein in this. I pulled it out, cut up some cheese, cut up some veg. Yeah. And it was totally I was just going to say cookies and cheese is like (laughs) premium lunch (laughs) when it's your, you know, like it's those cookies. Yeah. And I remember my friend came over and her kids were like, we're having cookies. And she said, this isn't cookies like what you're used to this isn't (laughs) what you're thinking she's like this is literally healthier than like our healthiest breakfast (laughs) yeah I've tried a lot of soaked oatmeal breakfast cookies and I really like the traditional cooking school ones so I've said I love everything she does she's just amazing you know what we're doing at our church um I I bought their curriculum for teaching kids how to traditional food cooking anyways so there's a couple moms that are going to kind of try and spearhead it and teach it to our young girls at our church wow that's awesome it's going to be really fun I'm super excited I love it you mentioned nourishing traditions is there any other books that you would recommend oh yes um radical homemakers for sure 
I love that book. It's all about, um, I guess, questioning the status quo. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. That's not a cookbook though. Although she did write cookbooks and they're really good. Okay, um, clarify for me about that book. Questioning the status quo in regards to... Okay, um, the status quo is you, Jordan and Jared both need to go work full-time for somebody else so that they can afford to pay somebody else to do everything in their life. That's the status quo. <laughs> and she okay. challenges it, right? So so um, in the sense, radical homemakers, she says being a homemaker is what's radical today because yeah, it's opposite really. of what most are doing. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. it's a really great book. <clears throat> um, I'm not saying like every, you know, sentence in there I'm like saying this gospel you know mm -hmm. but it's just really really good um as far as food goes wild fermentation is king <laughs> that's the recipe book for ferments yeah I'm gonna pick that one up to help me book. this year yeah yeah um he also has his book art of fermentation which is not a recipe book so don't get it thinking it's a recipe book, but it is really, um, it's like his most passionate love song mm -hmm. towards ferments. And he just okay. travels the world with you going through all these ferments that you just never heard of, mm -hmm. never crossed your mind. So it's a beautiful book. Um, and I just love it for just the romance of reading it. And I, because I don't necessarily use measurements for things, you know, when he says, put this and then a little bit of that, then that that's, I think to most of us would be a recipe. So, you know, you can find instructions in there to follow. Just don't yeah. look for like the section on recipes because it ain't mm -hmm. in there. But yeah, I definitely love those. I feel like between those books, you really cover a lot. A of lot. Yeah. You can pretty much yeah. live your whole life on a, you know, farm strictly out of those books. <laughs> Yeah, I was really intimidated to use nourishing traditions for years until I started following you. And I was like, you know what? I really need to dig into that book some more. It's been yeah, fun. It's a really, it's a really good, th there's so much more in it than I think anybody realizes. I mean, even I've been using it for however long I've been using it and I'll find a recipe in a different book. And she goes, this is out of nourishing traditions. And I'm like, yes, what? I just <laughs> remember seeing that. And then I'll look and yes, it, it is. It's just no pretty glossy picture. With yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Jordan, have you cooked out of there much? Um, I have the nourishing traditions. It's like a baby and mother. Oh, one. Yes. yes. And that that's one. the only one I have. I've got the other one from the library before and I have made some stuff out of it, but I really like the baby okay. one. And honestly, like a lot of the recipes yeah. I've made just for our family too, there's like a um, pots to cream that I know that I've made just like as a re uh, oh, dessert. Yeah. Amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. right huh okay well why don't we i do have one more question for all of us and we can kind of end the podcast here S summary if, if you can how did you get your hands on nourishing traditions for the first time me both of you i want to know oh i emailed sally and asked for a copy oh really <laughs> yeah she sent me that and the baby one that's cool why did you email yeah. her? <laughs> <laughs> I was reviewing books on my blog and I, oh, I okay. would email anybody and ask them if I really liked their book. And 
nobody told me no. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That's cool though. So, yeah. So I really appreciate that from her. I mean, like she personally sent it. It didn't come from oh, her cool. sister or anything, which I thought was incredible because mm -hmm. yeah. that never happens. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, for me, I was pregnant with Ransom and um, there was a lady at our church that was really sweet and really into nourishing traditions and told me a lot about it. And I was like, oh, this is intriguing. And then she gave me the baby um, and mother oh. cookbook, which is the first one that I got. So, that was oh. so sweet of her. yeah, that's a good idea for a gift. Yes, that is a really good idea for mm -hmm. like a pregnant mom gift. Gosh, mm -hmm. I don't know why I never thought about that. Genius. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Taking <cool>. notes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, what about you, Lexi. Um, let's see. Ari had been diagnosed with really severe asthma around a year old. We had been recommended to go vegan. We tried that for about a year and it did not at all improve anything. And I just, I was kind of overwhelmed by cooking mm. in general. And so I just kind of stopped. And I think that's why, like, I got bored with it. I didn't know what to do. Nothing I was trying was actually helping my family who was still really sick. And I had a, a friend out here who was like, you know, you really should try nourishing traditions because then you can figure out how to help your body eat every single food group. You don't have to cut anything out. You don't have to worry about not being a meat eating family. And it just honestly, really the spark of like chemistry and science in the kitchen is what did it for me to just keep going and keep experimenting. And just, I love cooking because it's, I just love seeing how God made food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that was kind of it for me. And we've just try to reclaim more and more skill sets as a family, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's kind of it. The rest is history. <laughs> cool. Well, cool. Well, I'm so happy we got to have this conversation. I could keep going forever, obviously. <laughs> but we all have well, me in sure. the voice memos. <laughs> me in the voice memos on Instagram. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. So thanks for being here today, Andrea. And um, thank you so much. Go check out those books. Let us know what you guys think. They're good ones. And uh, thank you yeah. for um, having the conversation, Lexi. It's such a good conversation to have. And um, yeah. I've listened to so many of your episodes now. And <laughs> they're just conversations that I feel like a lot of people aren't having. So it's yeah. really fun. I enjoy hearing you two talk and your banter and then <laughs> seeing you on here is like, whoa, stars. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for coming, Andrea. My pleasure. Thank nice you, to ladies. Meet you. Bye. Nice to meet you yeah. too. Bye.